Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Hello, how are we going? Good. It's so lovely to see familiar faces. Um, yeah, as, Ballarat, as Ballarat said, as Bree said, um, yeah, I moved to Ballarat when I was 18 and I spent most of my um, mid, yeah, up to I think 26, 27 living in Ballarat um, and good friends with a lot of people in this house um, around the time that Ben Dayton, for those who remember him, was youth pastor. I was youth pastoring at Mount Clear and um, seeing Bree and so many other faces is just such a joy to see. So it's just lovely to be in this house and have an excuse to come to Ballarat. Like obviously my dad lives here and I get here every now and then to see him, but any time to come to Ballarat is just honestly such a treat because it just feels like I'm coming back home, which maybe should tell me I should be moving back at some point because I always just love, I just feel like I'm driving into cold Ballarat. Um, though it's nice, it's, today it's quite nice, but it's just, yeah, lovely to be here. So thank you so much. And um, just lovely, also lovely to hear from um, Gemma and what she's doing in bearing witness, in sharing the good news of Jesus. And I loved hearing, um, speaking to her before the service and how she's just working with people also to um, make translations of the Bibles for people who don't, well, for countries who don't have the written word of God. And that is just so incredibly cool that um, she's just so passionate about spreading the good news of the gospel. And, you know, just as even Bree was... Um, I'm saying as well, um, I do work for an organisation called Mustard, which um, empowers students to run Bible studies in high schools um, as a way to share their faith. And they're just like the best people ever, just so passionate. Um, and there's a few students who attend this church that actually run Bible studies at Ballarat Christian College and Ballarat High, which is awesome. And they're just such a strong group in Ballarat who really are wanting to share their faith. So if you ever see some of the guys like... Um, Rylan Walter does a group and so does um, Aloise Bartlett. They all run a group in their different schools. So make sure you encourage them when you see them because they're just awesome um, at what they're doing there. And so today I kind of want to, I guess, um, continue in what we've been hearing a bit from Gemma um, about this idea of bearing witness and sharing our faith with those around us and um, how empowered we are by the Holy Spirit to be able to do that and what that witness actually means. And so... um, I do want to read a scripture from Acts 1.8 and it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I just love that scripture so much. And I was sharing earlier um, that the last few weeks I've been um, traveling at different youth camps and particularly one last week I was in Queensland and there's this organization called Teen Mission. They're really cool. Um, and they send a bunch 
bunch of um, students to different parts over the world to bear witness. And so they go on this five-week mission trip. And so they've been in Fiji, Madagascar, um, some parts of Africa. And then they came back and they do like a last week's conference, like from being away for five weeks and they come back. And so I was there with them for that week that they were back. And it was just amazing hearing their stories of the opportunities they got to share their faith, whether it was with someone that they just met while walking through the town or putting on a little um, uh, Christian production um, within little local churches within the village and just being able to share why they love Jesus. And it was just so inspiring just to hear these young people really put their stake in the ground and say, I want to share my faith with those around you. And it just reminded me so much of that scripture in Acts that we too are to bear witness and so empowered to share that gospel. Um, And so there's this passage of scripture or this story in the Bible in Acts as well that I really just want to pull apart with you this morning and I hope that's okay. Um, It is one of my favourite stories in the Bible. And so we will find it in Acts chapter 8 and I'm reading from 26 and we'll be reading straight to to 40 and we're just going to unpack this idea of bearing witness. So it reads, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, which means queens of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading um, the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. How can I unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is a passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can can speak of his descendants from his life was taken from this earth the eunuch asked philip tell me please who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else then philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about jesus As they travelled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptised him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Aztos and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So I love this story so much. As I said, it's one of my favorite um, stories in the Bible. And just to give it some context before I continue pulling this passage of Scripture apart, um, where Philip was at the time before he, get, he gets called out to this desert road, he was in Samaria, and a lot of people already knew about Jesus. Like it, it wasn't you know, a name that people hadn't heard of. A lot of people were coming to faith. Um, Jesus was you know, quite freshly died on the cross and rose again, and there was a real buzz in the town. Like I can just imagine you know, Philip just you know, walking around town quite confident and just meeting any hoo-ha and being like, oh, hey, do you know about Jesus? And they were like, yeah, no, I've heard of him. And just you know, the conversation would have flowed a lot easier. There would have been some context. So people would have had this idea, right, of who Jesus was. And then all of a sudden, Philip gets prompted by an angel to go down a road, a desert road to 
Gaza. And I want to pay attention to that first um, little bit of scripture that we read because what we see here is that it was actually God who first prompted Philip to go. Through an angel of the Lord, he stopped Philip and said, you need to go to a desert road and find this man that I want to meet through you. And so the first question that I want to pose with all of us this morning is, do we hear the voice of God calling us to step out in our faith? Do we hear the voice of God asking us to talk to someone, whether it be our next door neighbour, the person we talk to, the person we see at Bridgemore? Do we hear the voice of the Lord calling us to step out in faith and bear witness? Now, it might not be an angel of the Lord, though that would be pretty cool and I'm always hoping for that day, but the Spirit is on all people and empowers us all to bear witness. It only requires us being open to actually being used by God. And so we have Philip who is called to a desert road. And what do we know of a desert It is barren. It is very hot. There's not much water. There's not much plant life. It's very isolated. There's not a town down the road with Maccas and KFC and Sports Girl or whatever shop you might find yourself to in. But it is a very isolated place. And Philip is sent to go to a desert and find this man. And so I want to unpack Um, this scripture and see what his journey actually looks like and so if we want to look back at verse 27 it says so he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake which means queens of the Ethiopians this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet so Before we continue and look at this Ethiopian eunuch in more of a um, deeper way, as I said, Philip sent on this massive journey to go find this man. Now, has anyone ever travelled from Melbourne to Townsville before? A few people. It's a long journey, especially by car. Any guesses if you haven't done it? No, anyone know? A long time, let's just say that. Um, But if you were to go on this journey by chariot, Right, which is a 2,600-kilometer journey, it would take you three months. Right, that's a long time. So Philip is sent on this three-month journey to go meet this man. Right, and like he wasn't even on a chariot; he's walking. And then you've got the eunuch; he's actually on a chariot, and he is sent on a long journey to find this man. And he finds this man, and Philip is confronted by three things that I think we can um, all probably relate to in meeting this Ethiopian. And the first thing being is that this Ethiopian man looked different. Where Philip was at the time in Samaria, a lot of people were a lot more olive skin colour, kind of like how I wish I was. I still think I am compared to others. But they would have been a little bit darker than me, right? And so, but in Ethiopia, Ethiopians were incredibly darker in skin color, yeah? And so for Philip, he would have been confronted with a man who looked really different. 
And I wonder for us if there's anyone in our space of life, again, whether it's at school, uni, work, home, different family members, whoever it is, and just maybe there is someone that God wants you to talk to who might look a little bit different. Whether they look different because of their skin colour, the way that they style their hair, the way that they dress, the way that they speak, how they live their life, they appear different to you. And I just wonder if maybe the person that God might want you to speak to looks different. Or maybe this person can be intimidating like Philip would have been confronted by when he met the Ethiopian. This Ethiopian eunuch was in charge of all the queen's treasury, right? Like he was a powerful man. When I think of this chariot, I kind of think of Cinderella, like the carriage, and you know, it's got red velvet seats and there's jewels everywhere. Like, it's a, like it would be a beautiful carriage because it was the, the queen's carriage. It was her chariot. And here is this eunuch, this important official, as it says in the Bible, is riding on this thing. And Philip would have been confronted with a man who was intimidating because of the power that he carried. I wonder if you ever met someone and been like, ooh, they're powerful. I better be careful here. Maybe the police, <laughs> you know. Some of us may be really comfortable when we're driving and like we maybe go a little bit faster than what we should and then all of a sudden on like the, the peripheral of our eye we see a police car and we just slow down very quickly because <laughs> we know we could get in trouble if they were to get our sp- uh, speedo um, on their thing. But it was an, he was a powerful man. Is there someone in our world that we might find powerful or intimidating? They could be the popular person deemed on what society says. But just maybe we are meant to talk to someone about Jesus who is intimidating. Or maybe it is an outcast. The eunuch, the Ethiopian man, was also a eunuch. And I'll... Um, men, I'll let you dwell on that. Um, but he was an Ethiopian eunuch, and because he was a eunuch, he was deemed an outcast. By society standards, he was deemed unlovable, unworthy, to have no value um, because of his status. And so I just wonder again, maybe there is someone in our society that the world has deemed to be unlovable, unworthy, um, not to have any value, to be left to the side, to think that they're all alone, and just maybe we're meant to go to that outcast and give them the love that we all know here today. Philip was confronted by a man who looks different, who was intimidating and an outcast. And again, I just wonder if maybe one of those three things, or all of them, highlights to someone in our heart that Jesus is preparing us to go and meet. And so I want to look at this story a bit more closely. So we'll be looking at verse 21 and we're going to see what happens. And it says, The Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. So what I love about this is that firstly we see the Spirit of the Lord talk to Philip. So this is the second time that God has spoken to Philip, first by the angel and then by the Spirit. And he says, go to that chariot and stay near it. And what I love, um, what we can observe from the staying near it part, is that it took Philip being close enough to hear what was going on that he had an ear, that he had a way into the conversation. It was only by him being so close that he could hear 
um, the eunuch reading Isaiah the prophet, that he then had a way into the conversation. And I just wonder if there are people in our world that God has intentionally placed us to be near to, that we can hear what's going on, where we can naturally bring up Jesus into the conversation. And so I know for me, um, late last year, um, I've got this friend, um, and she was really struggling in her marriage. They were separated, um, and she was living at her parents, and we were texting quite a bit, and she has two kids, and it was just, and her mental health wasn't great, and I was just staying in contact with her, and um, she, I went there one day, and her dad, and she was living at her parents, so I saw her dad, and her dad gives, gives me this big hug, and he's like, I've been praying that you would come. I'm so glad that you are here. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm ready for something. Um, and, you know, I, I go into the house and she's crying and, you know, she's just telling me, like, what's going on and how she's really um, nervous about what's going to happen with her relationship and all these type of things. And I just said, hey, why don't I pray for you? And she was like, Faith, you know I'm not into that. And I was like, yeah, 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 but, you know, what harm could it do? Like, why don't I pray at least for peace? Like, wouldn't that be nice? She was like, yeah. And so I had an opportunity to pray for her and we just you know I just pray that God would bring some resolution to the relationship that he would get rid of the conflict and then we'd be able to work it out Um, and then two weeks later she messaged me and she was like Faith I've had such a breakthrough we're looking at counseling I'm moving back in with Andrew her husband um, and I just want to say thank you so much for journeying me through it And it hasn't quite got to that point of salvation, but I was close enough to the situation where I heard what was going on that I could invite Jesus into the conversation and start this journey with a friend for over 21 years of what God could be for her in her life. And I just wonder, are there people in our world that we are close enough to hear um, what is going on and we have a way into the conversation? Just maybe God has got a plan for someone in your world. And it's so much more than just getting close to that person and hearing what is going on. Let me read what's next. In verse 30, it says, Do you understand what you are reading? Now, let me just pause here for a second because this chariot is like going however fast it would be going at kilometer rateage. The um, chariot wouldn't have stopped for Philip, yeah? Like, Philip is a nobody compared to, like, this um, chariot. And so Philip literally would have been running. And we see in the next scripture that he actually says he ran up to the chariot, yeah? So it is a desert. It is hot. He would have been sweating, kind of like I am now, literally, like, running on this thing. I'm trying to chase up and just hear what is going on. And he's getting really, really close because God said, get to that chariot and stay near it. And he hears the man read out Isaiah the prophet. And he he literally would have yelled out, do you understand what you are reading? I got really loud because he would have yelled because his chariot wouldn't have stopped for him. He's a nobody. And so Philip's literally running, 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 running and being like, do you understand what you are reading? Yells out loud enough for the eunuch to be able to hear what is happening. And he was like, how can I, unless someone explains it to me, how can I, unless someone explains it to me? And I love that response because in Romans 10, 14 to 15, it says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? 
How will our friends know of Jesus unless we preach his name? How will they know about the love of Christ unless we're loving our neighbour? How will they know of Jesus unless we speak and step out in faith? Because this is what Philip did. He did that when he said, do you understand what you are reading? Like Kind of like that desperate plea of, I'm going to give this everything I've got. Do you understand what you are reading? And this question allowed an opportunity for the chariot to stop and have a conversation. And we know in Scripture that this conversation takes about where he explains the passage of Scripture that the eunuch was reading, which is in the book of Isaiah, and then he shares the good news of Jesus. And I was telling the guys before, I kind of, like, when I get to heaven, I don't know if anyone else is like this, but there's all these, like, little glimpses in time that I would really like to watch as if it was a movie. Anyone else? Like, I would just really love to see that story unfold, like, in a full view, like, you know. Um, I might be the only one. But that would be a a time in history that I would really love to, um, to hear. Like, I just love to hear, like, word for word what this conversation was like. Like, obviously, we get an idea, but word for word it would just be really cool because this conversation was just so pivotal and so critical that in that moment the response of the eunuch was what can stop me from getting baptized there's a pool of water like what a beautiful response that in that moment from the prompting of the Lord led to a conversation of Philip stepping out in faith, getting close enough to hear what was going on for him to have a way into the conversation. He shares the good news about Jesus and the response of the eunuch was, what can stop me from getting baptised? So beautiful. And I want to share a story with you. Um, last year in around March, I was in Queens, no, Adelaide, sorry. Um, no, it was Queensland, I don't know, sorry, ignore that. Um, anyways, I was in Queensland and I was coming home from my holiday, but I was at the airport and we were in the waiting area and I just see this lady on the far right of me and she was just highlighted, didn't hear anything from the Lord, but she was just highlighted to me and I was like, oh, okay, cool, no worries. She was probably in her 50s and then we get called to board and I'm on the on the plane at the front of the aisle and um, I'm all the way at the end and no one likes sitting at the end because then you get out last Um, but I'm walking down the aisle and I see this lady again and she's smiling at me and I'm like yeah cool anyways I get closer and closer and who is sitting right next to me this lady that I just happened to notice and she's sitting on the window I'm in the middle and there was this guy next to me and God says talk to her and I must confess I was kind of like I just had downloaded a few episodes of one of my favourite series. I was so tired, ready to block out the world, and God's like, talk to this lady. And I'm like, okay. Um, Anyway, so I jump in conversation. It's a two-hour and 20-minute trip. An hour through, she's told me her whole life story. She was married, got divorced, remarried a man who is in the military, and so she only sees her husband every now and then. So she flies to Melbourne a lot because that's where her mum lives because she grew up here. And so we were just talking about that. just different things and her grandkids and she was like oh so what do you do with yourself and I was like oh I'm a youth pastor and she was like oh she goes aren't you meant to dress like a white robe or something like that and I was like no we don't need to dress like that anymore and she was like oh that's cool and I was like yeah and the conversation kind of died down a bit and I was like oh okay I guess this isn't going anywhere else and then she kind of she bends over to her bag and she grabs this book and God says faith the book and I was like oh 
was, what's this book that you're reading? And she was like, oh, it's called The Key to Happiness. I've read it five times. You should read it. And I was like, oh, I was like, I might not need to. I've actually, I already know The Key to Happiness. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. Um, and I was like, it's actually why I'm a youth pastor. And she was like, oh, really? And I was like, yep. Yeah. I was like, um, you know, at, I grew up in a really domestic violent household with my stepdad and my mum. And I said, and youth and church were my, my safe place. It was my haven. It was where I knew God to be my refuge. And I was like, and since that moment, I said, I wanted to become a youth pastor and create safe places for young people to come to so that they too could know Jesus as their refuge. And she was like, wow, I always wondered about Jesus. And I was like, I don't think it's a coincidence that you and I are here together talking about this. I said, I'd love um, to, to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life. And she said, I'd love to. And I was like, awesome. And so thank God the person next to us had like earphones in so he wasn't like, you know, ruining the moment or anything. But not that it would have. God had obviously ordained that whole thing. Um, but in the plane, you know, I, I, I lead her through the Lord's Prayer. And she accepts Jesus into her life. And I said, you know, I'm obviously from Melbourne. You're in Queensland. I'd love to get you connected to a church. And so I connected her in. We kept in contact. Three months later, she got baptized. And almost a year now, her whole family got saved. And she runs a connect group in her home and hopes to continue to share faith like I had done with her on the plane. And I love that story and that of what we read in Acts with the eunuch um, because it all stemmed from God prompting Philip and me to go somewhere, to speak, to say something, to get close enough to the person to hear what was going on for us, have, to have a way into the conversation. And again, just maybe there is someone in our world that God wants us to talk to. Because it doesn't matter how young or how old we are, there is always work to be done. There are so many who are yet to know Jesus, particularly in Ballarat and the rest of the world, but there are so many people who don't know Jesus. But how will they unless someone explains it to them? And just to share another quick story, um, when I was in Queensland recently, I was on the plane coming back home again, and I sat down, and there was this um, younger lady again, and I just started talking to her, and she, I was like, oh, you're coming, like, business pleasure, and she was like, oh, I'm going on holidays, just a few girls, I'm like, oh, that's nice, and we were just chatting, and she was like, what have you been doing, and I explained how I was on a missions confer conference, and I explained that whole thing to her, she's like, oh, you're a Christian, and I was like, yeah, she's like, ah, oh. and she got a bit, you know, she got a bit sheepishy, and I was like, oh, like, did I say something, she was like, no, 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 <laughs> and she just went really weird, and I was like, okay, and I was like, is it okay I'm a Christian, like, you know, what's going on, and she was like, yeah, and I was like trying to like get it out of her. And she was like, I actually prayed out to God today that if he was real, he would send a sign to me. And I was like, oh, I must be that sign. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she had a bit of a giggle. And we were just chatting. And she's like, I just, I really needed Jesus if he was real today. And I was like, 
I'd love to lead you through um, a prayer of salvation to accept Jesus into your life. And so on the plane, again, um, I lead her through a prayer and I get her connected to a church in Queensland. Um, and uh, now my new challenge is a plane. Like every time I get on the plane, I'm like, ooh, who's the next person? Like some people don't want to borrow it, but that's okay. You never know who will actually want to borrow it is the point of all of this. Again, who is the person? Are we open to hearing the voice of the Lord who may very well speak to your hearts and say, talk to that person? Or it could just be that that person is highlighted to you like that lady was originally to me where God has planned a time and a place to let someone know about Jesus. And so um, I'd just like to invite the team to come up and they get ready to close. We all know that the gospel is the best message that we have ever heard. If we didn't believe that, we wouldn't be here this morning. We wouldn't be here if we didn't love Jesus. And maybe you became a Christian because you grew up in a Christian home and had parents that told you about Jesus. That is very much a plan orchestrated by God, just is some random person walking down the street who hasn't grown up with Christian parents. And just maybe, like God thought so heavily about how, how you would have an opportunity to hear his name, we are part of someone else's plan to come to know his name. So why don't I pray, and we're going to be led in a last song, and I just love um, for you just to take a moment with God and see who might be placed on your heart. And it could be, some, be someone you already know, but it could also be you saying, I am open, and throughout this week you might find someone who you've been intentionally placed to be close enough to hear what is going on and you might just find yourself having a way into the conversation to preach about Jesus. Because how will they know about him unless someone explains it to them? Let me pray. Dear Jesus, God, we just love you so much. And we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for the plan that you had for all of us to come find you and that it was beautifully orchestrated because of the love that you have for us. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us to be open to being used by you for someone else's plan to come know the love that we all know today. Would we be challenged by your word to be a witness to all the parts of the earth? And would we have the courage to step out in faith and follow the prompting of your voice? In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.